The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you dream of having time and money freedom? Are you looking for ways to enjoy business and life harmony or just to improve your business and yourself? Welcome to Reclaim Your Freedom with your host, Shirley Dalton. In this program, you'll learn from experts in business, leadership, personal development, and mindset to help you create your ideal business lifestyle, whatever that means for you. And now, here's your host, Shirley Dalton. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom, and I'm your host, Shirley Dalton. I'm on a mission to help you create your ideal business lifestyle. As a business strategist and executive leadership coach, I help you get your business under control, grow yourself and your team so that your business works for you and your team, giving you more money, more time and less stress. And if you'd like to know more, I invite you to visit my website, shirleydalton.com. In my role as radio and TV show host, I bring you additional experts to help you improve your business and your life. And today we're talking with business and executive coach, Jason Troy, about how to get unstuck to make massive gains in your leadership and performance. Welcome, Jason. Hey, well, thanks for having me on the show and speak to your fantastic tribe. You're welcome. And I'm excited. I was reading your CV and uh, your bio, and I'll tell the listeners about that in a minute but gee whiz you're it's impressive you've worked with the who's who and uh, got some great results so let me tell the listeners um, Jason you work with executives and entrepreneurs on leadership and performance issues which is our topic today and you have the in the trenches experience having helped build a billion dollar company and working with many fortune 100 companies You've also worked alongside well-known CEOs such as Steve Jobs, Mark Hurd at HP, Mark Cuban and many others. Through you and your coaching, your clients have met industry influencers such as Tim Cook, Bill Gates, Richard Branson, Peter Diamondis, Chris Anderson and high-profile VCs and many others and you've helped them to create more than $1 billion in wealth over the past three years, as well as secure seats on influential boards such as TEDx and XPRIZE. You're also a published author of three books with Social Wealth, the how-to guide on building extraordinary business relationships that influence others, selling more than 45,000 copies in addition to being number one in four business categories. No stranger to being interviewed, you've been a featured guest on 500-plus podcasts, radio and TV shows, as well as a regular contributor for Fox News Radio. Currently living in Dallas, Texas, you graduated with law degree and master's in communications from Syracuse University in New York. So welcome, Jason. I'm really excited about today's topic. It's a real passion of mine. We're talking leadership, performance and relationships. In fact, you're quoted as saying that people and your relationships are your true wealth. Everything we accomplish in life is with or through other people. So, Jason, what led you to that understanding? 
Well, I mean, I think at a, a level, we all know that we need other people, right? Every business is only successful because of the relationships that they have with customers, clients, employees, partners. I mean, all of those things really matter. So you have to manage your relationships. And in terms of just meeting people, I mean, the, your success is going to not only be related to the people that you know, it's going to be the indirect relationships, meaning the relationships the people you know have. So all of those things really go into you know, prioritizing building relationship, building skills, emotional intelligence, soft skills. I mean, all the things that you might think about to really to create, you know, being an outstanding leader and performing at the highest levels, even if you don't care about leadership. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and, and I know um, with a lot of my uh, clients that often they don't get the importance of the relationships. In fact, years ago, I was working with a client and he was referring to his staff as this lot. And a lot of the leaders think, oh, only I can do it. You know, nobody can do it as well as me. And so whilst you say on some level, we know we need people, I think sometimes we actually do need to be reminded of that. I think we do, because I think a lot of times people don't think about the relationship building process and the importance of it because they're looking at it as outcomes based, right? So it's like people say to me, well, you know, I want to network to find a job. And the reality is there's no, they're unemployed and they just need a job, right? So I think the problem is that people see other people as things that they can get or obtain or resources. And that makes it so they look at the relationship process as what's in it for me mm-hmm. and what can I get rather than seeing what can I help, how can I be helpful, right? What value can I give to other people? How can I enhance their life? And I think when you don't do that, uh, you live a very small life. And that's why most people are living small lives. And if you talk to the major influencers and people who are highly successful, they have a meter that runs inside of them that looks at people and can identify takers and immediately eliminates them. And so the problem is, if you don't develop the skills needed, you are going to miss out on most of the great opportunities in your life because people you know, don't want to get taken advantage of. And they have been enough. And so they have honed in their own skill sets, like a radar, um, successful people have to ward off those people that are takers. And it's interesting that you say that. I was recently talking with a, a lady who's very independently wealthy lady. And she's, a, you know, she's a little bit wary because sometimes when she meets guys, you know, she's uh, single at the moment. And she said, you know, it's, I don't want them to be looking at me as their superannuation. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's that's a really interesting point because um, you do need to be able to identify the people that are there genuinely because they want to be in relationship with you as opposed to, as you say, just looking at the outcome for what they can get, the takers. Right, and partly you can figure that out, that how people treat other people. Right. So that's why I've had clients who do some group interviews early on with people um, that they want to hire to see how they treat other people inside of the interview, like actually have other candidates actually in the same room interviewing. 
Um, so I think there are ways that you can open up people and figuring uh, to figure that out. Um, you know, whether, whether people are givers, takers, or matchers, right? And matchers are people that, you know, will only give you a dollar to get a dollar back out. And you need to be able to identify all of them um, pretty quickly in order to be successful in life and business. And their skill sets, if you don't hone in on, you will pay a high price over, like over and over again, and you will be be very challenging you for you to be able to build anything successfully. And also, even if you do, to make it repeatable. Oh, I love that. And so I have to ask then, if we're talking about identifying givers, takers and matches, and matches is something that I've not heard before. And, um, and, and in my brain with my Aussie accent, I'm thinking of a match that you strike. But of course, we're talking about matcher, like as in matchmaking. And, uh, and, but, and in this case, they're matching uh, a give and take, you know, that old, um, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. So that's, that's yes. a new yeah, that's a new concept that I've not heard before. So um, any tips then? How do people quickly identify a giver, a taker, and a matcher? Well, I think that the key is is to lead with giving in your interactions. Try to be helpful, right? And lead small, right? Maybe you suggest to someone a book. Maybe you suggest a magazine article. Maybe you give them a contact and if you do small things, you will see how that other person will reciprocate and or how they'll interact with you, right? And you'll be able to tell pretty quickly based on a gut instinct of what's happening. And then you can then you can do that, right? The key is boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I think that's critically important. But part of it, you know, initially when you're trying to build relationships with people, you've got to be able to build rapport with people. You've got to build likability and trust. And I think once you start to figure out how to build the um, building blocks and the pillars, then the rest of it sort of fall in line. And you can figure out all these things pretty quickly and have a pretty good handle on people. And most of this is happening in an unconscious way, in in a nonverbal way as well. So that also kind of helps people take care of itself once they build up more of an expertise. You can get pretty fast at identifying it. And you won't be wrong very much once you've sort of honed in and built up these skill sets in your life. And that leads me into networking. And I know that you uh, talk a lot about networking because networking does lead to the relationships. So what would your tips be for people who uh, go to networking events? How would you suggest that they show up? Well, I'd say don't go to them. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Because it because the problem is, is who goes to networking events? Desperate people. And that's not a good place to start. Right. That's not that is not where highly successful people go. I don't care where you are in the world, whether you're in Asia, Europe, the United States. I don't care where. Right. You need to go where social influencers, people go who've got clout. Um, and that's not there. Where do they go? Well, you know, a couple places they go is to charity organizations. They serve on boards quite often. They will go to nonprofits, meaning um, cultural organizations such as the opera, such as the symphony, other places like that. And then the other place I tell people to go is do interests that you really like, meaning that if you're in a running club, book club, right? I mean, some professional organizations make sense 
Um, but you really have to be careful of those because some can be really good, some might not be. Um, and then a smaller subset of that can be joining things like mastermind groups or other private organizations to you know meet other people. But again, I think you have to go carefully in organizations like that because you don't really know who is in there, who's running it, what people's mentality is. And I can't. I'm, first of all, I was shocked when you said don't go, and then when you gave your reasonings, I thought, yeah, I can absolutely see that. And then talking about mastermind groups, we've been in a few mastermind groups and a couple in America as well, and some of them we've paid big money to to join. And then sometimes, as you say, you get into the mastermind group and then you look around at the people that are uh, in there as a member and sometimes the, it's just not an alignment. Uh, you know, I particularly like you work with business owners and in some of these masterminds we've been working with solopreneurs. So, um, you know, in terms of relationships and influence, then it hasn't been a real good fit. You know, the the mindset and the psyche has been different to uh to mine I'll, I'll put it that way right and so that's the challenge right but if you go to a charity or a non-profit organization the majority of people that are going there are forgiving helping and inspiring because yes. that's the point of the organization so that breeds more of it so that makes it much more helpful for you and a much better environment to meet people because that's the premise of going there, right? And at the end of the day, though, you have to take it. Look, this is a numbers game, right? You have to meet enough people to find people that are going to be helpful for you and you to be helpful for them. And so I think you've got to keep that in mind and you can't obsess on an outcome of meeting one or two people. Now, you know, you, you shouldn't go places where you don't like and things that aren't going to be helpful because then, you know, you won't want to go back and then they'll pretty much make you stop. But you also have to realize that you're going to have to meet a, a number of people before you have any level of prejudice of like in coming to an opinion about what is going on in the organization itself, if it's helpful for you or not. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm, listeners, we're about to have a break. I want you to think about that because uh, that's a really unique way of looking at your networking events. And uh, so I'd like you to think about how you show up and the types of events that you go to and the types of influence and value that you can be. So stay with us and we'll be right back. Do you want to get the media to notice you, your brand or your business? Just Todfeld says it's easier than you think. He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea. Deal Business Lifestyle.
You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. Well, listeners, how about that? Were you thinking about your networking events and what you do in order to become successful and to meet successful people and the value that you bring? And during the break, Jason and I were continuing this conversation and so I've asked Jason if we could go back over it because one of the things that really stood out to me is that Jason's advice is not the normal advice that we would get where show up to all of the networking events and you know concentrate on a couple of goals and a couple of people. No, Jason says don't go at all because they're full of desperate people and that for me was like, whoa, desperate people. And then when I thought about it, yes, because uh, as Jason says, we're going there to get something, to get an outcome, to get a take. Uh, and so, Jason, you're recommending even to stay at home and watch TV or read a book rather than do that. But you also mentioned the type of events that if we do want to be mixing with successful people and to to grow our network, that um, there are other events. And what were they? Well, I mean, I would go, for instance, we're talking about going to a charity event, like mm-hmm. whatever event, they may have their big gala event where they try to raise money for the organization, or it could be a symphony, like the main event. Well, if you go to that event and you're sitting at a table or walking around talking to someone, people are there to promote, raise money, help the organization itself. Mm-hmm. So when you meet people there, you're not in a taking mindset, you're actually in something else. So when you meet other successful people, you meet them in a natural, organic way. But the reality is as well, these are successful people and they can help you in some form or fashion. Not every person, but some of them, right? Mm -hmm. And if you meet them in that way, that's a much easier, better way to do it, right? And Mm -hmm. again, those people you meet could be people that could help you in your business. They could be potentially a best friend for you, a travel partner, maybe they may be able to help one of your best friends, right? And you may be able to hook them up together. So you just never really know. But, you know, when you're in a giving mindset, the other people will also help you much more because they know that you wouldn't be in that place doing what you're doing, most likely, unless you had a giving mindset, which opens up a lot more opportunities than if you go into a place where people are either taking or matching because they're they're going to be defensive and they're going to be closed off because they know the likelihood is that, one, you're there for those reasons and you're going to ask them questions to size them up, meaning where do you work at, you know, uh, what is your level, I mean, all the rest of these things, and mm-hmm. that makes people much more wary than if you just meet people naturally and organically and get to know them you know, in in a different way and in a different room. Yes, and you mentioned that if you're not in the right room, the odds are that uh, you're not going to be that successful. No, you won't, right? And the point is, if you go to a networking group, you might as well go stay home and do nothing because the chances of you meeting successful people are close, are, are very small. But if you go to the right room, your chances are significantly better and you want to use your time wisely 
and your emotional energy as well, right? And, and what you're doing. So the thing about it is, is that you need to plan and map this out strategically rather than just hope and go to places that other desperate people are going. Because, you know, I'm sure that you might be able to find something that's great, but if you go to places that are better, your chances are significantly higher and getting a way better outcome on top of it. Mm. I love it. That's uh, very refreshing. Thank you. And talking of emotions brings us then to why people get stuck personally and professionally and why are our emotions the gateway to creating extraordinary success? Well, I think one of the challenges for people is really understanding that we are run based on our unconscious mind. I mean, we have 7,000 thoughts a day and only 100 of them are original thoughts. They're on repeat. Mm -hmm. So what happens with these survival patterns is they're defense mechanisms, and they start from early on in our life when we're children, right? Under the age of 10 years old, we learn, model, and accept behavior, behavior and information on things that we see from adults in our life, mainly our parents, family, friends, or whatever. And that's our blueprint of how we see the world. And, you know, they're not perfect and things have happened and also things get passed down based on their biology into our own genes that they found out as well. So all these things create these survival patterns in our life, which turn into our blind spots, right? That's another way of saying it. So that prevents us from taking the necessary steps. And on top of it, you know, our brains have not evolved that much from caveman days. Mm -hmm. So what happened at that point is the fact that we have irrational fears, right? Because before, when you left the group, you might die. Well, now, you know, when you walk in the morning and drive in your car, you, you know, there's a very low likelihood something is going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. But the fact is our brain has not emerged from that point. So the fears in our life, are irrational, right? 99.9% .9 of them are these days, right? The fear of picking up the phone and making a phone call to someone else, you won't die, but it feels like you're going to die, right? <laughs> and that's maybe making an ask, right? A sales call, maybe asking them to partner with you, maybe even asking for help from someone else, right? Well, that prevents us from doing it because it's a fear that we have. And it's all built in the patterns and blueprints since we've been a little kid. So what you have to do is you really have to understand change from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And if you don't understand what that change is and how to do that, um, you're starting at the wrong place. And I think a lot of different people teaching, you know, coaching and leadership and management teach external skill sets, right? And I think that it's great. But what's driving people is the internal things that are happening in their life that are causing them to be stuck, right? If mommy and daddy told you to shut up when you were a young kid all the time, you standing in front of a group of people and speaking isn't about learning how to do public speaking. It's dealing with the issue that went on inside of yourself first, because otherwise that won't work and that won't help. If they told you big boys don't cry, you're not going to be able to be an empathetic leader. Because you've been told your whole life to shut down your emotions. So teaching someone external skill sets really doesn't work because you're not dealing with what's going on and you need to do deep self-inquiry. And also some people call there's other thoughts and like called schema therapy and other things of really understanding the things that have, you know, entered into your brain, your psychology that made up your blueprint of the world. 
Yes. Wow. And um, and I love that because there really is that self-awareness that uh, people need to um, become aware of how they show up and what's what's um, driving them in the way that they act. And from my experience, uh, there are some people like us that are totally into that and I can't get enough of it. And then there are other people who, oh, no, thank you, are not interested in the feedback and don't want to know. So what what do you do then typically with your clients to help them to um, uh, do that self-inquiry and to learn more about themselves? Well, I start in the beginning of every client engagement. Like I have different things that I do with people, but there are a few sessions that I run regardless of the client because they have to be able to see what's going on in their life because they have patterns that they have done that are no longer serving them. And life really is about pattern recognition. I mean, that's really what it all comes down to. If you don't understand the patterns that are going on, and again, 99% of this stuff is really going on unconsciously in your mind. And so that is the reason why it's holding you back. And if you don't, I mean, I would tell people it's 75% of the leadership that I, stuff I'll work on you within the first couple sessions, depending on the person is, I've already gotten you there. The rest of it's just icing on the cake. Because the things that are holding you back internally are the things that are preventing you from doing it. For instance, you know, every year people do New Year's resolutions, right? And one of them you see all the time, people want to get in better shape, right? Maybe they want to lose weight or whatever it might be. Well, that's a pretty simple thing, right? Yeah. You work out more and you eat less or eat better or both, right? Well, mm -hmm. it's not something that's revolutionary, but 70% of people who have New Year's resolutions fail within the first six months. And that's the only data there is. It's probably way higher than that. Mm -hmm. But there's a reason why. Because what people do is they go, they have a behavior they want to change and they're just go, they want to go to the gym and they want to do all these things. And they use basically brute force, meaning that they haven't done this in the past successfully or at all. And they go in and expect themselves to do well. Well, sometimes that works, but very rarely. And if it works in one part of your life, it won't work in another part of your life because there's so many things happening unconsciously or consciously. And then if you look at the level below that, you look at the stories you have about the external world, right? And a story someone like that might have might be, you know, people don't like the way I look. People judge me on the way that I look. People don't like talking to me, whatever it might be. And what happens in this whole process is that you go out through the month of January and maybe everything's going well. And then you have a bad week. You don't eat as well. You don't go to gym or work out as much. And then all of a sudden, the little voice in your head says, see, I told you you couldn't do that. See, I told you you'd fail. And people get stuck in this behavior story pattern their, their whole life. And they can't get out of it. And they keep looking around and they say, wow, how can that person start that business? How can that person be successful? How can that person be losing weight? And I can't, right? Well, it's because they're stuck on this pattern. And the key thing is that you have to open up is through your emotions and really start to lean into your emotions and listen to them. And you've shut them down your entire life and have been told that, you know, take this pill, buy this, do this, and not really listen to your gut. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the biggest challenges that starts happening to people. And when they can start that, you start opening her up to really understanding what are the emotions I'm feeling? Where am I feeling it? What's it causing inside of me, right? And then you start looking at your limiting beliefs in your life and things about yourself that start to get you stuck. And then you better understand what are the models that you accepted as, you know, during childhood 
that are really preventing you from being successful now. And I've done this hundreds and hundreds of times with people, and there's yet be one case where I haven't had an executive, a chairman of a board, a highly successful person, it doesn't matter, a director in a company or manager that has not had issues at that point growing up that is their biggest blind spot right now and with and solving it to set them free. And it's not that hard to solve it free, right? but you just have to be able to do it. Yes, and and again, there's that awareness of understanding what it is that's holding us back. As you say, ninety percent of it is unconscious, and um, yeah, I I was just thinking of, of some of the people that I've been working with, and um, one of them is in uh, real estate and very successful. Um, business owner but the business started to have a few challenges and so unconsciously what's the pattern what's the thing that I do I go back listing and selling real estate instead of concentrating on the business and then once they became aware of that then they were able to change and go oh hang on this is not the right strategy it's what I know and it reminded me of when we were driving in the United States and of course as you drive on the different side of the road that when under pressure we would automatically go to the Australian side of the road which was not helpful in America <laughs> so, yeah yeah Okay, well, we're going to take a short break and then when we come back, let's look at uh, why creativity is the key to innovation and leadership in business. So stay with us and we'll be right back. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate and support you to be, do, have and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea deal business lifestyle do you want to get the media to notice you your brand or your business just Todd says it's easier than you think he should know he set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours 112 different radio stations he can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers in fact he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. Welcome back. Well, you're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom, and I'm your host, Shirley Dalton, and we're talking with Jason Troy today. And boy, oh boy, am I loving this conversation, and my hope and my expectation is that you are too, and Again, during the break, I was talking to Jason and I said, do you get surprised that people don't know this stuff? And um, 
Uh, I'll let Jason give you his answer in a second. But I just want to say thank you, listeners, for listening because I know that you are the type of people that are into personal development and growth and that you're accessing the experts that come on and share their expertise and skills with you. So well done to you for tuning in and being interested. So, Jason, you're not surprised that people don't know this stuff. How come? Well, I mean, you don't know what you don't know, and meaning that you're not taught this. So you're not taught this in any formal education process, right, in the United States. You're you're not learning this in a college or in a graduate program, and I've yet to see other major universities around the world do anything differently. So you're not learning soft skills, communication skills, conflict resolution, not in the level that you need to in order to be successful in implementing it in the workplace and outside of it. So you just don't know how to do any of these things. You don't know how to build successful relationships, and you're not given um, really the strategies, tactics, and then you're also not doing anything to really examine your own blind spots. And so if those things don't happen, you're not going to be successful at learning and implementing any of these things, right? And And it's not about books and podcasts and everything. It's great, right? But you have to then take that information and then elevate it to the next level and do something with it. Because if not, then everyone would be, you know, on another level. All they have to do is go read a book on Amazon or listen to a podcast, you know, or take a class online and they would have figured it out. But a lot of this stuff takes groups. It takes finding individual specialists. It takes finding support groups with other people that are on the journey with you. you got to learn best practices. I mean, this is just a lifelong endeavor to want to be on this path. And if you don't, the issue is you're going to live a life with a lot of valleys in it that are hitting your rock bottom. And you're going to continually bounce off it and ask yourself, why are all these things happening to me? Well, the reality is, is because the blueprint of how you see the world and your blind spots are creating that eventual reality and that is your future and so the only way to change that is to figure all the stuff out and be dedicated to doing it yes and and i had a little chuckle then when you were saying if we were able to to get all of the information and then implement it it reminded me of arnold schwarzenegger in that movie twins (laughs) where he was you know locked away for all of those years and learned everything and then you know Presto, you can come out and fix everything. And, uh, and of course, yes, you, you can learn it and you can hear it and understand it. But uh, when it comes to implementation, that's when you do need that support and that coaching. So, so talking about coaching, one of the things that you do is to help people with creativity. And so um, I'm just hearing a little echo there at the moment. So I'm not sure what I can do about that. Uh, why is creativity the key to innovation and leadership in business? Well, I think the key is is because if you're looking and working, especially within teams of people, the best ideas are going to come from the environments that you foster that are going to be able to create that. And Google has found that the number one thing, and they have they spent years and hired researchers and spend millions of dollars trying to study their own organization and figure out, okay, how can we make the highest performing teams that are the most innovative and creative, right? And like, what are those characteristics and qualities? And when it came down, they found one thing 
that was on every single high-performing team that was innovative and creative, which was psychological safety. And psychological safety means people can be vulnerable, they open up to each other, they can be much more collaborative, they can share controversial ideas safely, they can communicate well with each other, people, and again, like know each other on a personal level outside of work. And that really is the key to foster high-performing organizations and teams. It's the connectivity with other people. And when people care for you, people work harder, they work longer, they care more. So this is something that, you know, organizations need to foster because it's been proven to work well. The challenge is most leaders aren't in this place. And so they won't help their team do that. Meaning that they don't want to leave with vulnerability. They don't want to spend the time doing this stuff because they think, oh, well, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, of course it does, right? The people you know the best, right? Anyone who's listening to this, don't you resolve conflicts with them better than other people? Don't you collaborate better with those people? Isn't that part of your best work, the people that you like the most and the people that you care about the most? Of course, right? And it just reminds me of a, a quote, you know, uh, friends of people that know you and like you anyway. <laughs> anyway. Exactly, right? And that's the key. And in an organization, that's what you have to do in order to really foster that. Now, on an individual level, right, the other part of it is, is that you just have to, you know, realize in life that perfectionism, criticism, um, putting your work out there is a necessity in order to be successful. And you just have to start somewhere meaning you have to get it out there. It may only be 70 or 80% right in the beginning, but you take the information, you learn from it, and then you pivot, right? I heard someone address, uh, one. Of, there's a TV show called Shark Tank, and one of the people on it addressed uh, people in a Stanford MBA program, and they said to him, well, you're all learning how to create and build companies. There are engineers in Silicon Valley that are very creative the company that you're thinking about doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of it is why in Silicon Valley, they came out with the, um, the, the uh, minimum viable product, right? Just something you could put out there that you could test to see if people actually like it, care about it, get feedback, and you iterate and make it better. And what most people do is they're worried about getting on 100% right, and then nothing ever happens, right? Like, I talk to so many people, they want to write a book, and they're worried about, like, well, this book has to be this and that, and whatever it might be, and the reality is... Five years later, they haven't even got started in an outline, right? I mean, whatever it might be. And so I think you've got to start worrying less about getting it right and perfect and focus more on taking imperfect action. Yes, and uh, one of our mentors used to say to us, good enough. Good enough. Is it good enough? Right, because you learn from that and you can take that, right? You can take good enough and do something with it. But you can't take nothing and do anything with it. So you've already lost, right? And so if you're on a team, you've got to build psychological safety because what will happen is that people will not share things with you, right? I have CEOs that walk around the company and thought, oh, well, you know, I know all the people here and, I, and I'm having good relationships and you get opposite feedback. And then what happens is CEO is not getting the ideas. They're not getting the feedback. So it hurts the company overall performance. Right. And it can be a really big company and that even makes it worse. Well, the key is, is that 
psychological safety is not being fostered as a core value overall. But on a team level, you still have to do that as well. And if you don't do that, people will not speak their minds and they will not share their best ideas for fear that there will be repercussions by other teammates or by their manager. And so you are losing out and people around you are if you don't foster it. Yes, and I can remember we were in a, a training program and I'm, again, I'm hearing this feedback. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break while I sort out this technical glitch with the echo that I can hear. Stay with us and we'll be right back. Do you want to get the media to notice you, your brand or your business? Just Todfeld says it's easier than you think. He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea. Deal Business Lifestyle. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. And welcome back. We're talking today with Jason Troy, and Jason is a an extremely high level executive coach and a business coach. And Jason, you were saying in the break that you're currently working on a TEDx talk on how to foster better relationships and psychological safety in the workplace. And yeah, you know, I'm just fascinated by that. So, would you share a little bit about that with our listeners, please? Sure, because one of the things that I started to find in doing research is that, you know, employee disengagement, people that just go to work and don't care, uh, is extremely high. I mean, you know, depending on where you're at in the world, it's in the 80%, meaning that eight out of every 10 employees are disengaged in your work in any sort of environment, whether it's a small, medium size, or large size business. And it's a, an epidemic performance, and, and it's causing, you know, in the U.S., the data is like $550 billion in lost productivity every single year. And, and the challenges for organizations is how do you actually build better relationships, right? Because people talk about building a great culture, but really the fact is that, like, no one's been able to master this. And they spend all this money on leadership training and management training and doing events and activities, and it's just not working because the data says that it's not. And the more money they're throwing at it, they're really not solving the problem. 
And the reality is, is that when you actually fully understand why do people get along with other people is they build friendships with them. And if you look at the data, people that are have, have at least one friend at work, well, one friend, I would say one best friend, they're seven times more productive. Wow. And they're significantly more loyal. And all the data shows that those employees um, are usually your highest performing people. And the reason is, is because they're much more invested. And today, the lines of work and your outside life are completely blurred, right? It's not about balancing anymore. It's about integration. So the reality is, is that people are thinking about work way more than they're working, right? So if someone's working 50 hours a week, I bet the reality is they're working 70 or 80 or more because they're thinking about it when they're not at work. Mm -hmm. So you, as a manager, as an executive, whatever you might be, no matter how what size your company is, you need to foster better relationships. And the way you do that is you have people actually get to know each other. Like, what are their experiences in life? What's their history? Like, what's really matters to them? Like, what do they care about? So when I was thinking about this, I went back and saw a research study, and I found it about this, this uh, professor. It's called Arthur Aaron. And he did a study back in 1997 where he had graduate students, um, and there were, I think, about 50-some graduate students ask each other a series of 36 questions over 45 minutes. And the results to me were shocking, and it is a, it's just as applicable in business because I've replicated this study um, with clients is that in his study, 30% of the people, almost close to 40, at the end of 45 minutes felt as close to the person they were asking the questions to as the closest person in their life. Wow. And he's done this study, replicated it so many times that at this point it's fact, right? And I've done this with clients in you know groups of people, something similar to it, and I've gotten the same results. And it's pretty simple. And in fact, in today's environment, I even think it matters even more, right? Because we feel more disconnected than ever before. And all the data, you know, goes back to that. And so how would someone do that? Well, really, I've created a game and soon I'll be, you know, releasing and people can just download it from my website. But it's asking people questions about their life. Like, you know, talk about a summer job you had and why it was your favorite. Or questions such as, if you were going to have dinner with three people that were living or dead, who would they be and why, why would you have them there, right? And mm -hmm. when you start sharing information like that, people really get to know who you are. And the other information, which is interesting, um, is that there's plenty of research on it that if I share something vulnerable with you, I actually like you more because of the fact I shared it. So there's so much other data that goes into this happening as well that if you can actually do this, you can be really successful and you can do this in a group of people in a work environment. You just have to set something up where you ask questions. People go around and take one. They have like two minutes to read the question and answer it. And uh, it works really well. And the key is you need the leader has to start off by taking a more vulnerable question because it opens it up for everyone else. And then the magic starts to happen and it's pretty, it's pretty simple. 
and I, I, um, I saw something similar and, and uh, on that TV show Big Bang where, uh, you know, the character Sheldon who is not that empathetic and not understanding of people and he came out saying that psychology, I think he called it the douche subject of the um, <laughs> academics and anyway him and Penny did a, a similar thing where he asked the questions and, uh, and then they found out that it was actually his birthday and it was a really interesting thing. And I love that you've created a game around that where people can ask questions because sometimes I find when I'm teaching people active listening and giving them the opportunity to listen that the people don't know what to talk about and then you'll have other people who are not that great at communicating. And so giving people a set of questions that they can ask I think is going to take a lot of the pressure off and you'll get that better answer. Yeah, wonderful. And you learn about them, right, because you never will, right? Because the people, when I've run the studies before, none of the people, when I asked them, did you know that information about the people in the room, everyone raised their hand saying, no, they didn't. Mm. And these are people that knew people well, right? Even had worked with them for decades, didn't even know that information. Because you never ask those types of questions. It's very difficult. Yeah, there's some environments where it's fostered, right? But it's, it's the exception to the rule. So you have to be able to create it in a way and get to know people because the thing about it is that people might be saying, oh, that's great. Well, I went around and asked people uh, at an executive level, why do you stay up to three in the morning or two in the morning working late or doing whatever you're doing? And the funny thing about it is after asking probably about 60 people, every single person answered the same right? If it was an environment where it was, they were doing well and it was good, they were being fostered in a healthy environment and a good culture was because they worked that late because they didn't want to disappoint the person they were working for, meaning their manager or the CEO of the company. And that to me was really interesting. It wasn't because they wanted to be more successful and make more money or anything else like that. That was not it. And the people that did weren't that happy to begin with. He did say that. <laughs> yes, it reminds me one time I was working for a franchise organisation and uh, and I just loved the bosses there and I'd only just started and I was going in on a Saturday morning and you know, nobody knew, you know, I would just sneak in and, and do some extra work and one day I got caught, the, the boss was sitting across the road waiting for, for somebody and as I walked past he said, where are you going? And I went, ah, uh, in the work and he said, oh, you must have some boss and I laughed I said well he's not supposed to know (laughs) yeah right Mm, very good okay well Jason so um, you're working on this and it's going to be available soon as well as your TED talk so where can people find out more about you sure they can go to my website it's uh, jasontroy.com and so it's my first name and last name was j-a-s-o-n it's T-R-E-U.com. It's J-A-S-O-N-T-R-E-U.com. And there's also a white paper uh, that I put on there as well that I've created. It's actually really quick to read, more of a guide. And it's, you know, 10 best practices and how to authentically influence other people and build relationships. And it's things I give my clients away. And they're things that you can read and you know, 60 seconds or less and implement tomorrow. And people have found them to be highly successful and made some pretty radical changes in their life. So I wanted to put something together people could do. So, you know, you can just get it on that website, download it, put it to use. 
it's it's free and great get some success in your life quickly yes uh well i've absolutely loved our conversation today uh people is something that i i absolutely love and i'm fascinated with so thank you so much jason it was awesome you're welcome thanks well, it's that time again. That's all we have time for today. So listeners, as always, I encourage you to implement what Jason has shared with you today. And, you know, maybe you might start looking at how you can create that psychological safety and have people be feeling safe and, uh, you know, developing those friendships and relationships. And of course, with your networking events, <laughs> you might want to rethink those as well. So implement what you've learned today so that you too can continue to create your ideal business lifestyle. Thank you for joining Shirley Dalton and her amazing guest this week on Reclaim Your Freedom. Please tune in again next week for an inspirational and educational edition. Until then, be sure to implement what you've learned today to create your ideal business lifestyle. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here for the next show. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 